There are some people that make their work just another thing they have to do. And there are those that make their work something that they want to do. Welcome to Working on Purpose with your host, Elise Cortez. In our program, we provide guidance and inspiration from those people who have found deeper meaning and personal connection to their work life. It's beyond 9 to 5. It's Working on Purpose. Now, here is your host, Elise Cortez. Welcome back to the Working on Purpose show. Thanks for tuning in again this week. I'm your host, Elise Cortez, joining you live from Dallas, Texas, which is home base for me. If you've been tuning in for a while, you know this program is all about helping people create more meaningful and purposeful lives and equipping leaders inside organizations to cultivate meaning and purpose that elicits passion, inspired contribution, innovation, and persevering performance. I talk with my guests to draw on their expertise and share my own experience consulting, speaking, developing workforces across the globe. Before we get into the program, let me thank my sponsor, rentwithrighttobuy.com. This real estate service offers a new way to home ownership and allows you to purchase a home when you may not be entirely ready. It's a great option if your credit is not in the best of shape or if you're in transition, such as divorce, downsizing, or relocating and unsure about the new area or checking out a new opportunity to see if it aligns with your purpose. Each week in these conversations, I hope you walk away with something you can immediately use in your life or your work. And if I can do anything to help you along your journey, go to my website at elisecortez.com and use the contact me feature to message me. Let's open a conversation and explore what's going on for you and how I might be able to help. Whether you want to learn more about how to develop purpose-inspired leadership and meaning-infused culture in your organization, you want to see about joining a Catch Fire online inspiration, accountability, or mastermind community to nurture your own passion and purpose, or you'd like me to speak for your company or conference. At any rate, I'm glad we're connected, and thanks for listening. Now, on to this week's program. With us today is Michelle Collins, an entrepreneur, comedian, and inspirational corporate speaker. She's changing the way motivation is motivating people. We'll be talking about how she decided and prepared to transition at age 50 to a totally different career, the steps she took to do so, and what she's doing today and why it's so important to her. She joins us today from Houston, Texas. Michelle, welcome to Working on Purpose. Thank you. Yeah, I'm glad to be here. It's so great to find you, and i got to give a, a shout-out to Scott Wilson, if you're listening. He's the one that who has been on my show before and loves what we're up to here. And he's the one that said, Have, do you know Michelle Collins? <laughs> and I'm so glad that I do, Michelle. Thanks for joining us. What you're going through is so important because so many people that I run into have an idea of what they want to do in their lives, but they're afraid to take the step. They think they can't change. I'm too old, too many years in this in this industry. So I wanted to have you on the show because you can help show us the way that one, it's not just possible and you did it, and but to give us some steps to actually help along the way. So you ready? I'm ready. Bring it. <laughs> so I, I thought what we could do, I love that. She's ready. Let's do this thing. I thought what we could do is kind of work kind of backwards so starting at present day and and then talking back about where you came from so you know you've made a transition many people say they want to but they just somehow don't quite manage to start or even pull off they don't want to leave corporate america or their current industry to pursue something different and you did it nearly at age 50 so before we talk about the transition let's get a little oriented to your current world you're an entrepreneur comedian corporate inspirational speaker this is quite a basket of talents by the way so share with us what what a, a little bit about what got you here present day, and then I want to work backwards from there. Sure. So, yeah, uh, talents, that's quite a compliment. Thank you for that, by the way. But, <laughs> but, but, but the way that I look at it is very different. I, I see it as I finally found who I am, and there's been um, – I don't think that many people find that until later in life. And from my experience, that's not what happened because 
I was trying to do this early on in my life and it just, you know, it just never happened. So uh, today what I'm doing is, or before what I was doing is I was an outside sales rep and I was really doing well. When I first started, it was in the 90s. So Zig Ziglar was my uh, was my teacher back then, and I would listen to his tapes in my car, and and I taught myself how to sell. And then I became a uh, President's Club winner in sales in my second year. And for many many years, I've just you know really rock and rolled in the in in the sales industry. I've been one of the few female on my team, um, mostly the only female on my team. And then, um, you know, with the, the computers and everything changing and, and digital um, selling, I, I knew I had to make some changes. So I started taking classes and that's kind of how it started. But, you know, that's where I began the shift. Okay. So, you know, we're going to talk a little bit later about just what you're up to in your current role. I want to finish the, the last segment with that. But, um, you know, you're a comedian, you are an entrepreneur, you're an inspirational corporate speaker. Um, just first, let me just say hats off for that. And and before we get into, you know, we're going to talk more a little bit more about that. But now I want you, if you will, to presence for our listeners, because people don't maybe recognize that nudge or itch that you and I have both gone through. Mm-hmm. So in those 19 years you worked for corporate America, help us understand what would the last few years were like for you? What did they feel like? Okay, so, you know, I, I sales became like a thing I could do in my sleep, <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, I, I had a, I've had a lot of talent uh, my whole life, and, and, and always been a person that learned more than anyone else, because I had a learning, I have a learning disorder, and at the end, I, I, I was changing roles in the company that I was last working for, and you know, it was it was just that they were making changes within their company, and here's what happened. Actually, is just one day I'm, I was I, I was in my apartment, and I knew that everything was changing so drastically, and I was just so upset, thinking, "Why am I still miserable in my life?" And it was just at that moment that I was like, "Why am I so miserable? Why why have I been so, through so many things in my life?" And then I realized that. All of that prepared me for where I needed to go next. It was so real that I could not deny it. It was just this moment of clarity that everything in my life stacked up for me to get where I am today. And it it just all unfolded and it scared me to death, to be honest at first. But, you know, I, I just couldn't deny that this was my life. And, you know, going from a, a suit and showing up in corporate America and thinking, you know, that I'm, I'm this industry person and I did really well to finding out who I really was. I can't tell you that relief. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. I'm, I had a very similar sort of experience. And it was you're right. It was just it became undeniable. The thing that I want to make sure that our listeners hear from you, Michelle, is that thing where you could see in a moment that all these experiences and all the adversity and all the stuff that you've gone through, it actually prepared you for this new life. That is so important that they hear that. It's not that the universe has been bad to you, it, that it's been helping you prepare for this mm-hmm. next juncture and maybe as part of your purpose. And that is so gorgeous. Yeah. So here's what happened is I was always trying to get another plaque. Okay. Which I don't understand what the importance of that is now. I'm like, I could have bought myself a plaque, you know, um, or or get another award or 
be seen, you know, higher up. And I was always trying to get something better. And, and then when I realized that all of the things that I was running from, from my past that had happened 20 something years ago, had happened 20 something years ago, and that I had already been a success in the, in the world, if the, by the world's definition, then I realized, hey, this stuff that I have learned is powerful and and I can help people. And that that made a difference for me because I've always been a person that has wanted to help people through the pain and not have to experience the same pain as me. And here was my chance. And it was, it was, I didn't even see it. It just <laughs> showed up and I, and I couldn't believe that it was there the whole time. Okay. And that's the other great thing that, that is so great for a teaching moment for our listeners is it is there the whole time. It's just that we didn't get present to it. So now I want to ask you, when did you start to notice that something wasn't right, that you weren't happy, that you were miserable? How long ago was that before you made the change? Well, I've been miserable my whole life. <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, I, yeah, I, I didn't realize until I'm a comedy that I, you know, that my whole life was a joke and I was the punchline. And when I finally figured that out, I was like, hello, this stuff is funny. I mean, the things that I went through are hilarious. And, and whenever I finally realized it, because I was still like carrying on like a backpack on the back you know, carrying it around instead of saying, Hey, this, this is no longer happening. I'm free. And I'm, I'm doing things that other people can't do that haven't had the backpack on their back that, you know, this was the, this was the defining moment. And it was all of the years of therapy that I had worked on myself, all of the years of, you know, thinking that I wasn't good enough. I realized I've I was the whole entire time. I mean, I don't know that I can be any clearer. It's it's very hard to put into words. Mm-hmm. I got that. And so I, I wanted to be able to, for our listeners sake, Michelle, because again, I want these shows to be a, a place where listeners can come and they get answers, they get inspired, they see a new direction for themselves. And I'm going to guess that there's a fair number of people who are listening to this going, you know, <laughs> I, I'm not so bad. Things are not so bad in my life. It's all right, you know. And that's so. I wanted you to be able to share and kind of paint a picture of what it was like to be in that space when you were so miserable. So here you are. You're going to therapy. What? Mm-hmm. what else, were you questioning yourself? Were you thinking is this all there is? Or yeah. Well, I was always trying to move up more in life, and what I really didn't understand the reasoning behind that was I was trying to cover up who I really was. If I could just get higher and higher in the corporate ladder, I could just cover up the person that and deep down inside I was hiding. And that was the person behind the suit. That was the person that that moved out when I was a teenager, that you know got into addiction, that uh, did all of these things. And every time somebody would ask me something about my personal life, I would I wouldn't be able to answer it because it was so different than everyone else. It, like all the whole spotlight would be on me. I, I had to keep all these secrets I felt because it was so different than everyone else's life. And I just, I, to live like that was a nightmare to not be able to be who I am and to, and to honor who I am, but to hide parts of me and, and to live like that because we all do that. Okay. By the way, <laughs> and I just put my on LinkedIn and told everybody what I'm doing and, and, you know, it, it makes people uncomfortable, but it doesn't make me uncomfortable. I, it's my, I'm very transparent and have no regrets 
So what the things what what I was doing was I was hiding from myself and I wasn't feeling good about who I was and not accepting the things that that made me who I was. And on paper, if you saw it, people would be like, oh, my God, how could you be proud of that? I'm very proud of it now because no, I don't see a lot of success stories like I went through. It, it, it blows me away living it every day. I mean, it's, that's why I'm doing it for a living now because it's such, it, it's going to make such an impact on people. Oh, Michelle, a couple things. One, beautiful rendition. Great way to really give us access to what it felt like to be in your shoes. And I'm going to guess a lot of our listeners are going, oh, my gosh, that's me. I didn't really think there was anything wrong with that. I've got so used to putting a mask on, I didn't know differently. And that's exactly what I wanted to service in this conversation is because we tend to accept what our experience is as normal or, you know, healthy. And it isn't necessarily so. And so it's so great for you to be able to let us into your world where we can recognize how inauthentically you are living and working in order to, you know, be successful, to fit in. Um, and then when you started to recognize that it just what a job that was for you, how much effort that was, as, and starting to recognize that maybe you wanted to let that go, it's part of the space that I want to open for our listeners. Yeah, so I I think I hear, I'm hearing what you're saying. So you want – so – as far as like how it started happening or how I was finally okay with, with showing that side. Yeah. I want to know how it is you were finally okay with showing that side. Okay. So whenever this came to me one day, I'm in my apartment and I'm like, okay, I have everything that I want. I'm looking around in my apartment. I'm like, I have everything that I want and I'm, I'm trying to look for more. <laughs> and, and then I, I had this flashback of every traumatic event that happened in my life and how I came out of it, not just surviving, but thriving where people would die to go. And then I realized that that a lot of that stuff happened 20-something years ago, and it was still affecting my life. And I was still living and operating as I was this person that um, did, did some horrible things. And, and I finally forgave myself. And, 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 I, and I realized that that's, again, while I was going up and trying to, to win more awards so that, so that I would feel better and, and prove to people that I wasn't the person that I thought I was. And it was so crazy how at that moment I realized that I'm the one that was lying to myself. And it wasn't everyone else. I thought it was the job. I thought it was the boyfriend. I thought it was not the no boyfriend, you know, my husband, um, you know, no husband. It, it was just all of this stuff. And I was realizing that I was withholding from myself. I was lying to myself. And I, and then I thought, thought about all of the things that had happened with when my friends come to me for, you know, advice and everybody does that, but they don't allow it to come out. And it affects your entire life. I can't tell you. It almost killed me. I, I, for many years when I was young, I was suicidal. And it almost killed me. And it was about to kill me again because I got to that point where I couldn't live with myself again. And I just wanted to die. And I'm, in, I'm a person that, that has to deal with addiction every day. And I knew that I was going there again. And it just opened up that I have the ability 
to transform lives. How incredible is that? And, and at first, when I found that out, when it first came to me, I was like, there's no way I'm going on a stage. There's no way I'm being this transparent. There's, I mean, I, I was always so closed off and was so private. I was having to be in the witness protection program, you know, like not formally, but I always felt that way. And, and when the internet came out, everybody was finding me. I was always still hiding. And for the first time, I realized there's nothing to hide about. I'm an awesome person. <laughs> and despite any of that, in that everything that I was hiding was breaking me down. Oh my gosh, Michelle, that is great. Hold that thought. We got to grab a quick break, but that is exactly what I wanted you to help share with our listeners because that's so powerful, so visceral. So hold that thought. We'll be right back. I'm your host, Elise Cortez. We've been on the air with Michelle Collins, an entrepreneur, comedian, and inspirational corporate speaker. She is changing the way motivation is motivating people. She joins us today from Houston, Texas. We've been talking about her her previous life in corporate America and now her present day, what she's up to, really what she got through to get to, to come to the other side. Stay with us. After the break, we're going to talk about how she managed that transition. Elise Cortez is a speaker and engagement and development catalyst. She designs and delivers professional development, leadership, and engagement workshops and can bring her expertise to your organization. She will help ignite meaningful development within your workforce that will increase employee engagement, performance, and retention. To learn more or to invite Elise to speak to your organization, please visit her at www.elisecortez.com. She would welcome the opportunity to help get your employees working on purpose. This is Working on Purpose with Elise Cortez. To reach our program today, send an email to Elise, A-L-I-S-E, at EliseCortez.com. Now... Back to Working on Purpose. Thanks for staying with us and welcome back to Working on Purpose. If you're just joining us, my guest is Michelle Collins, an entrepreneur, comedian, and inspirational corporate speaker. She's changing the way motivation is motivating people. Her speaking topics include overcoming adversity, addiction recovery, teenage pregnancy, learning with a learning disorder, surviving abuse, loss, grief, being a widow, mental health, how to be a successful businesswoman, working in the business environment, and leading with you. Um, I'm your host, Elise Cortez. That is a list of topics, my dear. My goodness. Um, <laughs> oh, no. Right? Um, so what I want to go back to from the last ep- the last um, um, segment is just really celebrating that you got to the place where you just really recognized there, there was no way but through. You have to accept this. You've got to grab this opportunity. You have the chance to transform lives. And just allowing yourself to step into that space and, and you know, claim it for yourself. That light is really afraid is really frightening for a lot of people, as you were starting to say, and you did it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, what happened was, whenever I first realized it, I would, yeah, I was saying I would never go on stage, I would never be this transparent, all of this, and there was no other way to do it. <laughs> and so, so what I did when I first found this out is. I had already been in Toastmasters for eight years, and I thought, oh, I'm just going to be able to do this. But then when I started doing comedy and doing open mics at the Houston Improv, and 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 also I would go to Dallas uh, because I'm from Dallas and, and do them at uh, some comedy places there, I realized that I was having some problems on stage being that transparent, which, okay, that's no – that's, that's – 
not surprising, right? I mean, that that's a lot. That's a big load to um, just unload on people. And and what I did was I worked with an acting coach that re- that helped me to tap in to you know what was going on. And I worked with a lot of coaches, and because I knew that I I had some skills. Look, you don't just go from corporate to entertainment. I mean, <laughs> most people never do that. That's like that's like so opposite. And that I had to, you know, seek out and find the right people to help me. And every time that I knew I needed a skill set, I would find the right person that was just perfect for me. And they were, and and not only that, but they believed in what I was doing too. So they were thrilled to be a part of my process. It was amazing. That is the way to do it. Enrolling people who see your vision and even sometimes see more of you than you can see for yourself. Okay, yes. so take it back to this, Michelle. You are standing in one day. You've got this job in corporate America. You're making probably some decent money, and you're now going to just stop and go do something else. Or was there a transition process? Tell us about how it is that you transitioned and and left the corporate world. Well, I mean, it was it was everything kind of aligned, really, because you know I was I was thinking this already when I was you know doing the comedy and. And I was thinking, how, how, you know, could I do this full time? And that's when I realized this was bigger than just the comedy. And, and so I, I just took, um, so the, the company that I was working for was going through a lot of changes and it just kind of worked where we parted ways. And, and I always knew I was going to start my own company one day. I, I always knew that, but, and I took uh, business classes later and, and graduated the business degree but I never thought that I would actually be, you know, the company. I didn't know that I was going to be the product. Okay. So <laughs> I always knew that. And then I, and then I realized that I'm getting older. This is, this is the time or it's not. And that if I don't do it now, it's not going to happen. Then it, it just, it just made it such an easy um, decision for me. And, and then and then I just, again, took the, you know, took the coaching and did what I did, but it has not been easy. You know, it has not been simple. It, it sounds eloquent in the way I'm saying it, but I've had to detour <laughs> many times. Uh, you know, I had this great idea. I'm, I'm, you know, I did a business plan, but when you're the business plan, <laughs> if, if someone, if an entrepreneur wants to be the business, then I would suggest to really leave room for, look, I've, I've, grown through this. I've evolved through this and I didn't equate that in there in in the business plan. Uh, so that was, that was the struggle right there, um, was okay. Well, I had to be okay with that part of it. And that was not easy because I also was mourning at, you know, a, a, a career that I had my entire life and and I didn't have anyone to go to except for the coaches that I worked with. No no friends or anything. This is not an entertainment city, okay? Right. Houston doesn't doesn't have a lot of you know. It's not set up for comedy and it's not set up for entertainment. So I've I've really had to figure out a lot by myself and really struggle and and just keep on going. Um, and I think my background really helped at this point because I was used to the struggle. Okay. Absolutely. Um, And that's what made me just say, okay, just get up and do it again. When it, when I think it wasn't working, I just follow the path. 
So this is so great, Michelle, because, in fact, I'm going to just share right now, I, I'm curating an anthology which is going to showcase 25 women who have discovered their purpose and are persevering mightily to live it, and they will be, will be drawn from across the globe. And the reason I want to do this anthology, Michelle, is because it's quite one thing to discover your purpose. It's a totally different thing to operationalize it. And then let's just add this other word, monetize it. There's this yeah. thing called eating and having a roof over our head that, you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> kind of changes the whole landscape. And, you know, I've gone through that journey, too, of being able to create this life that I, I get to live my purpose. And I've created products which include myself, like you. But it is to be able to, to keep going. Because, you know what, you could easily go back and say, you know, I guess I was just kidding about this doing yeah. this for myself. I'll just go back and get a job again. And you didn't do that. So you kept persevering. You kept finding different ways to do things. You kept finding a way forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, for me, I, didn't, I don't look at it the same way, I guess, as other people because I feel like if I'm not living who I am, and this is really who I am, then it, that's going to be the death of me anyway. Um, as, as it had I, been before, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I'm not willing to go there. So... I'm willing to, uh, other people would see it as a risk, but I don't, I, I, I'm, I'm not a risk. Um, and, and that's the way that I look at it. So if you look at it, like in the real world, yeah, this is risky, but to me, it's more risky not to do it. Mm-hmm. I feel the exact same way. I, and definitely, you know, I'm just doing me and I can't be anybody else anyway. Everybody else is taking right. anyhow. Right. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, but then the next question has to be, you know, you were in sales in corporate America and did very well at that. But now you've actually transitioned to becoming a, a comedian and an inspirational corporate speaker. So that's a really big shift. So when did comedy show up for you as a as a mechanism to deliver yourself, your product, your message? Well, there's a couple ways. And one is I've, I've always been a person that wanted to learn a lot of different things. And, and I always wanted to find what I was good at. And so I would try all these hobbies. I mean, I have a closet full of hobbies that, that have, you know, died. Dead soldiers. Yeah, yeah. dead soldiers. Yeah. 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 And and so I never gave up on that. Okay. I never gave up on that. But um, what happened was... Um, I had a really bad breakup. It was like the last guy that was like, I'm, this is my last heartbreak. Okay. That I can handle. And I, and I was like, Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, take this class, you know, comedy. And, um, I had, had, <laughs> you know, I had no idea think that that was my thinking of subconsciously. Oh, I'm going to take this class. Maybe that'll cheer me up. And, but really, but really it wasn't about that. It, I had problems speaking in front of people only because of all the secrets I was hiding. And I thought that it was really, I needed to be more, you know, I need to be more calm or I need to feel more secure with the way that I, that I was speaking. And I was thinking for my job at the time that I would be a better speaker if I had comedy because everybody says that. And, and whenever I took my first class, it was an improv class and I thought, oh, this will help me, you know, if I get disrupted by technology and I get irritated like we all do, then I can pull it off, you know, by do- learning improv. But when I was doing improv, I realized for the first time that this was really me. And it's like I, I found the holy grail to myself. <laughs> and, and, and it was it was it was beyond what I can comprehend. And, you know, the whole, you know, the class in there didn't know that. But in my heart. That's what happened. And then I went to stand. So then I went to the Houston Improv one night and 
I was watching some comedians by myself, but my friend came to meet me and I was watching this comedian and I said, you should have saw that comedian that just went up. And she said, I know him. And I said, really, can you introduce me? So we met after and he, um, he, he said he would meet with me and talk with me because I told him I wanted to do stand up. And we met and he told me that I had some talent, some natural talent. And then he told me the steps to take. So we used to do open mics together. That's how it first started. And, um, you know, he's mentored me. And then I've had, you know, some other people that have showed up as well. And he's introduced me to some people. So that's how I got into stand up. And then also just my life stories. It's not, I mean, it's so funny because the jokes are just my life stories and it's not like I'm having to change very much. I don't, I don't ever run out of material. Okay. It's, it's always <laughs> joke material. I don't have to, you know, like the young comedians, they were always trying to think of something clever and I just pull out, you know, something about my life. I could improv it forever. Mm. A couple of things that I want to give to our listeners that are so great about this, Michelle. One is, you know, one, you kind of, something called you to take a comedy class, which you did. You stepped into that. You answered that call. And then when you got there, you know, you went through the process. And so then you got yourself into a group of people. You associated with a group of people that you wanted to be like, and you wanted to do work like them, which, so already you're around people who can help you. And then you asked for the introduction. You asked for that help. That's just all of that's so important for our listeners to get. So, um, we're going to talk a little bit more about, um, you know, what you what you have been able to draw from from material when we go into the next segment. But I want to know at what point and how long after you left your corporate job do you feel like you actually started to make some traction? Like this is starting to work. I'm getting somewhere. Well, I mean, I think you know the answer to this because, <laughs> you know, you've done this before. I, I'm in my first year, so you know, I'm still getting traction, but. Um, you know, and, and I think that's important for people to know because I, I, I've seen a lot of young people that that haven't had life experience that think, oh, I'm just going to go be famous because, you know, somebody is on Instagram. Well, it's not that simple. <laughs> and I'm just going to be honest about it. And and what happened is I believe in the process and everyone else believes in the process. But there was me in the process, too, that was growing at the at, you know, a different rate. So now I'm at a place that, you know, look, I, I know this is going to work. Um, I have no doubt in my mind. Um, but I had to get to a place where I was not trying to figure out, okay, I need to go with this audience or this audience. I was just still having to let go. There was a process of letting go. Mm -hmm. and you, you probably talk about this on your show sometimes. It doesn't just happen in one step. I wish it could, but... You know, that's not the beauty of life. And I wouldn't I wouldn't have the life I have if that it was that simple. But that's where the beauty is, is in all of those phases. And, you know, for me, the traction is still happening, but I'm writing a show and it's almost done. And, you know, I have people just love just want to come see it because, I mean, it is such a weird thing that this would happen to anyone. <laughs> so, you know, I think they're just coming because they're just so like this is so bizarre. Let me check this out. <laughs> but, but, whatever it takes. I mean, whatever sells tickets. Yeah. Whatever sells tickets, I'll take it. Oh, that's so great, Michelle. Hold on. Let's grab our last break. 
I'm Elise Cortez, your host. We've been on the air with Michelle Collins, an entrepreneur, comedian, and inspirational corporate speaker. She is changing the way motivation is motivating people. She joins us today from Houston, Texas. After the break, we're going to hear more about some of the background that she has been alluding to, which I think you'll find quite interesting, and a bit more of the work she's doing today. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Elise Cortez is a speaker and engagement and development catalyst. She designs and delivers professional development, leadership, and engagement workshops and can bring her expertise to your organization. She will help ignite meaningful development within your workforce that will increase employee engagement, performance, and retention. To learn more or to invite Elise to speak to your organization, please visit her at www.elisecortez.com. She would welcome the opportunity to help get your employees working on purpose. This is Working on Purpose with Elise Cortez. To reach our program today, send an email to Elise, A-L-I-S-E, at EliseCortez.com. Now, back to Working on Purpose. Thanks for staying with us and welcome back to Working on Purpose. If you're just tuning in, my guest is Michelle Collins, an entrepreneur, comedian, and inspirational corporate speaker. Her speaking topics include overcoming adversity, addiction recovery, teenage pregnancy, learning with a learning disability, surviving abuse, loss and grief, being a widow, and mental health, along with other business and leadership topics. I'm your host, Elise Cortez. So for this part here, Michelle, I really want to help our listeners understand just the well you're drawing from. So I want to go back to the early times. I told you we would take this conversation from present day to earlier days, and that's just what we're doing. So you had a very, very challenging start to adulthood. So help our listeners understand some of the things you've gone through and just maybe how that is that you're using that material to do the work you're doing today in, in comedy and in speaking. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I had a really rough life, okay? Um, I, I think it really start well, I don't think I know it really started when uh, I was very young. When I, when when my parents got divorced, my I was six, and I was I'm the oldest of all the kids, and it had a traumatic effect on me. Uh, not only how it happened uh, because he left in the middle of the night, but back then it wasn't as trendy. Divorce wasn't as trendy <laughs> as it is now, and it's you know it it and you know I was living in a very um, upper upper class um, neighborhood and everybody else's dad was coming home for dinner and my dad was not and I was in private school at the time and everything changed when he left I mean he was making a lot of money and when he left you know we had nothing immediately and and also I, I, I like took you know some roles on as as the oldest not knowing that I was so I never really got to be a kid and that was really hard for me. And um, so what happened was my mom got remarried. And when, when I was 12, um, my, my stepdad was abusive to, to, um, to us, but to me especially. And, and he would be inappropriate uh, with the way um, he touched me and talked to me. And he wasn't you know, he, he abused my, my siblings, but just in a different way with me. And it was difficult. So in my teen years, you know, it's already difficult. So then I have this on top of it and my dad's not coming around. Uh, so I have no one to talk to. 
and and I got into I started doing drugs when I was 12 and I started hanging out in bars when I was 15. Back then the laws were very different. So I, I've always been really tall and they, they would just let me in. You know, I was like profit to them. Okay. I would, I would hang out. Well, you know, this, the stockyards, I was down in the stockyards at 15 and they have, they have cell phones. You couldn't find me. Uh, I was just never come home. You know, I was just in so much turmoil and, and then I got pregnant at 16 and moved out at 17. Okay, so that would be a lot, you know, a a good show right there. Okay, because <laughs> t- t- you know, today, today, you know, people get their own show doing that. I could have already been in entertainment by now. But, <laughs> and um, and then I, I I got married when I was nineteen. Uh, but 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 after that, because we didn't stay together long, I was I didn't know anything about alcoholism or drug addiction, and and we, me and my first husband, we met in a bar. I mean, you know, he, he had big blue eyes and, and no job, which, you know, that was perfect <laughs> for me because, because, you know, I, I thought he couldn't leave if he didn't have a job. I thought I could keep him around, but no, that, you know, I was wrong there too. But I, when he left, that's when things got really tough. My, my son, um, I lost custody of him. And, and at the point I didn't care because I was drinking a lot and then it turned into more drugs. And I was hanging around some really terrible people, and and then I, um, in my twenties, I I worked at gentlemen's clubs and was a stripper, and it propelled the abuse that I that I had when I was young. Um, when I was young, um, when I was fifteen, actually, uh, the first time that um, you know I had a, a a sexual experience, I was raped, and I never told my parents. Mm. They still don't know today. But they know the work I'm doing. So, you know, it may come out. But, well, it will come out, okay? Um, but but the working in, in the gentlemen's clubs, which I don't know why they say gentlemen's clubs. That's not – there's nothing generally about it. But um, it it is where a lot of the abuse started propelling. And I just, I just got so um, – it just became my life that I associated that with, with you know – things that were wrong. I mean, after I got out of that life and I, and I started getting sober and off of drugs, uh, what happened was, um, you know, I went, I went to therapy. I would, I would get jobs with, that would pay for my therapy. And when, when I first got into therapy, I was in my, I was like 26, 25 or 26. I can, I couldn't even speak to the therapist about, uh, certain, you know, certain topics, she would have to read my dreams. I tell her my dreams. I mean, I was, I was like a mute person. I was so, I had been abused for so long and my parents, you know, they just gave up on me. Look, nobody knew what was going on with me. I didn't know either until I, I mean, it's kind of like alcoholism and drug addiction were like, uh, you know, a, a, a good answer, <laughs> you know, to what has going on in my life. Cause I didn't know what was going on. And when I finally realized that I was an alcoholic and a drug addict, I was relieved. I mean, it wasn't like immediate relief, but you know, a part of me was like, okay, well, this is, this is something I, you know, that has been a void of me trying to figure out what's going on with me. And, and so then I, 
just kept working on myself and it's taken years and years and years for me to get here. Okay. It's taken 25 years for me to get here, but the whole time I was, I was wanting to, to get better so obsessively that I realized that one day that I had this moment of clarity that I knew a lot. Okay. That I experienced a lot of life and that I, I started young and where people are today in some of the things that I experienced and, you know, it's not going to be similar maybe, but that it was, you know, they're experiencing it today at my age and that, you know, that, that, that's sad and that I want to make a difference there. And that's what my show's about. Uh, so that's, you know, that's kind of a, a, a quick synopsis, but you know, that's, that's really what happened to sum it up. And, and also, I lost my husband to drug addiction, too, um, which was a nightmare. Wow, Michelle. I mean, talk about, you know, definitely you have lived a lot of life in a short number of years. And I can certainly see what you say. You're never going to run out of content. And no. I, I, I want to just acknowledge you for still standing here with us <laughs> on the planet. And now yeah. seeing that you've got something to, to work from. And, and to that end, what I thought was so fascinating about our first conversation is you said that part of the reason that you do comedy is that you can deliver specific messages that are easier to receive or hear through this mechanism. Mm-hmm. And I can, I'm starting to get access to that, but say a little bit more about that. Why is that so? Well, because it was things I couldn't laugh at before, but now it's funny. And like, for instance, I was um, looking at some old videos um, that I had done over a year ago about drug addiction. And I'm talking about being in rehab. And one of the funniest jokes I have is, um, you know, talking to my mom, you know, call my mom, I'm in rehab, I check myself in rehab. And she would when I would get out, she'd ask me how it was. I'm like, oh, it was great, mom. Um, you know, and they got great snacks. And, you know, just just the things that, that you know, you don't think about that goes on. Like, in, and I would, you know, call her and say I'm in rehab. And we would have no dialogue about it. But she would drop me off, like, you know, a, a whole, like, bag of socks, you know. <laughs> and I would just go pick them up. But I mean, those kinds of things that I experienced, they're just real life. And, you know, and I would always be in and out of relationships. And, and so I would never have, and this is, this is real. Okay. I would never have, an, I would never have more items that would fit in two boxes because I would always have to leave some guy in the middle of the night or something. And my mom would bring the truck and I would always be just bring the truck. We'd never have a conversation about it. I'd be on the curb with my two boxes. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, those things are not, weren't funny then, but they're hilarious now. So now I can, these things people think are so hard and so tough. I'm making jokes of them because it, they are funny and they don't define who we are. And we all have to go through things that are not easy. Oh my God, Michelle, I just so got it. I just so got it. Now I understand. You're right. You know, when you can presence these kinds of things that you've lived and others can relate to because they're either living it or have lived themselves and you do it through comedy, it gives them access to seeing it for themselves. It gets a name to it and it gives them a space to walk through the other side. I finally get it. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it that's the actually the thing when I was writing the comedy, it was actually getting rid of the the parts of me. So it actually helped me too. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm so passionate about doing it with other people. And we all have things that we hide 
look, I don't anymore. I mean, there's not one thing that I'm secret about. Okay. And I don't care. But what I'm saying is these things that we hide are the funniest things. And if we just need someone to give us the permission to say that, Hey, I do that too. You know, (laughs) that's, Mm -hmm. that's all I'm doing. So I'm breaking down barriers and the things that I've been through, you know, it, it wasn't about race. It wasn't about socioeconomics. It wasn't about any of that stuff. So I'm saying, let's get rid of all the excuses because I, I had every adversity out there and I still got up and I went where I wanted to go and I got things done and you can too. Okay. So what that I, can, I love that. And I, what I want to make sure in a presence for our listeners is, you know, what you're, what you're demonstrating, Michelle, is that there's, there's a couple of ways that people can generally discover their purpose. And one is to look for and start to really get your arms around. What have I struggled with so ardently in my own life that I'm trying to handle for myself? That's what yours would be, I think. That's the mechanism that you're able to discover your purpose. And now you're able to give access to 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 others who are maybe going through some similar things. So now the next thing I want you to say, and we're almost out of time, by the way, so maybe just a minute or so on this, is you say that you stand for change in the way motivation is motivating people. How so? Well, because I'm using real life. I'm not using a canned speech. And, and I also do have improv experience. I can work with the audience. I can I, I have this intuitive sense where I can pick up what people are looking for. And and also, I'm like I said just a second ago, that's really what I wanted to say was I'm breaking barriers. It, it has nothing to do with what we create in society. It's, it, it, those things are just excuses, and I had to learn that. Mm. Great, 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 great. Okay, so now what I want to do is just really leave our listeners with, you know, a place of possibility. So I want you, if you can, is to paint a picture for us by way of contrast, Michelle, of what your life was like for you in your previous career when you were going through those motions of being in sales and what it's like for you now. Well, okay, it was um, me always trying to get noticed and be at the top and be recognized and do everything so that everything had a reason um, so that I could get noticed. And today, all I'm doing is just sharing what I've learned. And then it it empowers people to want to do the same for themselves. So that's the difference is before I was just trying to accomplish something and to fit in, like you said earlier, in society. Today, I do not fit and I don't want to fit because we're all different. And I'm just giving other people that chance to know that they don't have to fit. And you're right on this on the weaknesses. My my weaknesses are my biggest strengths. And if everybody could just pull out their weaknesses and say, that's what I'm going to do. And as long as you're helping other people, there's no way it can fail. You're already a success in, in my point of view. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so what I would say to that, the strengths and weaknesses thing is, you know, the strengths and weaknesses are often the same side to or a different side to the same coin. And mm-hmm. so if, if we can point our strengths to where we can make a difference and then manage the weaknesses to where we can't, that's the opportunity, I think. So and recognizing mm-hmm. when is it a strength and when is it a weakness? Right. So here we are at the, almost at the very end already, Michelle. It goes so fast. Um, I just want to give you the chance to be able to share, say, in 30 seconds, what do you want to leave our listeners with today? Well, I would say uh, the biggest thing that has helped me is to is to go in the community and give back because that's where I found out 
you know, all of this in the beginning is that's where I I found my love to help people and, and also realized the humanness in life is helping people. So if you're wanting, if you're stuck, I would go there first. So that's a beautiful finish. And what I'll say to that from my work that I do in logotherapy and existential psychology, Michelle, is that what that is, what we call that is self-transcendence. And when we step outside of ourselves, we can see the world differently. We see ourselves differently and it opens something. That is a beautiful way to finish the show. Thank you for sharing your beautiful heart and soul and very, very open life with us. It has been a privilege to know you. Thank you. It's fun. Listeners, if you want to learn more about Michelle Collins, her comedy work, or her speaking, visit her at her website. It's michelletsgo.com, and that's Michelle with one L. So again, michelletsgo.com, great website. Last week, if you missed the live show, you can always catch a recorded recorded podcast. We were on the air with Susan Sokol Blosser, an Oregon icon and early wine pioneer who co-founded Sokol Blosser Winery. We talked about her recent book and her perspective on vitally aging. Now in her mid-70s, she is living a full and vibrant life, and she and I both want anyone in retirement and beyond to consider her recipe to live with emotional well-being and purpose well past the years of having to earn income. Next week, we'll be on the air with Jenna Cooper talking about her incredibly important work combating human trafficking. See you there. Remember that work is at least a third of our lives, so let's work on purpose. We hope you've enjoyed this week's program. Be sure to tune in to Working on Purpose, featuring your host, Elise Cortez, each week on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. This week, find your life's purpose at work.